Radio Theater Project. Radio Theater Project. A radio drama series featuring comedy, science fiction, and mystery. 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 Old stories and new. Radio Theater Project. Theater of the mind for today. Future Past. Dramatizations from the golden age of science fiction presenting Nodsons. A story from H. Beam Piper's Tarot Human Future History Series, written in 1960. It has been hundreds of years since the founding of the Terran Federation. Exploration teams range far across the galaxy in search of any colonizable planets. It's just a matter of minor details when what to do about natives enters the job. Presenting Nodsons, adapted for radio by Joseph McGuire. Welcome back to Earth after your five-year exploration mission. Good to be back, Jacobs. Your office hasn't changed a bit since I've been gone. Nor has the Exploration Department's attitude toward Native relations. Have you read my reports? Yes, I have. Some loss of life, but with expectations for this type of mission. Yes, well, the planet with the dinosaurs was fairly gruesome, but the planet with the subsapiens was totally inadequate. I read that the sub-sapiens attacked you with clubs and axes, but it seems Millard used a minimum of force to keep the expedition alive. When that minimum of force statement is released to the press, the pro-alien league groups will start protesting up and down the streets of the Federation government. Well, the PAL can always find some minuscule spark to try to blow into a flame. Paul did nothing but defend our team. We've nothing to worry about. I wouldn't be so sure of that. Are you siding with the League? Maybe. We can talk politics later. I'd like to give my oral assessment now, if you don't mind. The last planetary system on our list was an Earth-like world. What I thought was a cannon is actually a horn. I can't see how they're blowing it, though. What do you suppose it means, Major? Maybe it's supposed to intimidate us. They're probably doing it to encourage themselves. I'll bet they're really scared stiff. We represent something new to them. Is that your professional psychological diagnosis, Dr. DeYoung? Sure, Paul. I'm here from the ministry to represent the contactee's side, not the Federation. Just so we don't create a problem we'll regret later. I see how they're blowing it. The man who's walking behind it has a hand bellows. Hmm. Marines, fix bayonets. They seem to be armed with spears. If they know about spears, they'll understand bayonets. Some short bows, too. Don't look at me like that, Anne. Luis, just don't charge unless I say so. In hundreds of years since the Federation was founded, you'd think they would have come up with some sort of stun gun. Well, aren't they something to see? Pretty interesting. Humanoid with no ears. Maybe your linguistic talents won't be needed here, Lillian. Armed with bronze knives, but no swords. Might mean no formal war, or maybe the warrior cast lurking somewhere in the background. What's most interesting about their anatomy is that funny top knot on their heads. It's like a fleshy rooster comb. Besides carrying knives, Major, some of them have some sort of pan flute around their neck. And, Major, go easy. Just because they have spears doesn't make them warriors. All right, team. Let's go meet them. Twas brillig, and the slithy toves were whooping it up in the Malamute saloon, 
and the kid that handled the music box did gyre and gimbal in the wabi, and back of the bar in a solo game all mimsy were the bora groves, and Momras outgave the lady that's known as Lou. We are we are Lou. What was that gibberish, Paul? It's supposed to show that we have spoken language. They sure are pumping that doohickey tube for all it's worth. We are we are wah wait wah we. What do you think of their language, Lillian? Sounds pretty odd. They all sound that bad when you first hear them. Give them a few seconds and then we'll have phase two. Wider, one, wider, we. Me. Weera, weera, weera. Seems shocked. I don't think they get it at all. They ought to. Every language has a word for self and a word for person addressed. Well, look at them. They seem to have six different opinions about what we mean. And now the horn section's starting an argument of their own. Phase 2A. Me, Lillian Ransby. Lillian Ransby. Me name. You name? That was an interesting reaction. He looks scared. What do you think they heard? mother's face, I suppose. Let me try it. Me, Cofredo, Cofredo, me name. You, name? Wow! I've never had that reaction to me speaking. Most of my men would disagree about me being such a pleasant experience. Let's try objects and play acting. They're farmers. They ought to have a word for water. Everybody who wants them, got your cocktails? Let's cue in Captain Vindahu up on the Hubert Penrose. Well, since I'm joining you via sound vision screen from up in orbit, there's no need to stand on ceremony. And go ahead and relax, as much as Navy regs allow anyway. So, what's your status update? Look on the other SV screen. The native village looks pretty much like any village just about anywhere. To begin, let's take a look at the SV recording of our first attempt to teach the natives a word. Run it. Okay, get the bucket. Now watch. Water. Water. Pour it over your hands like coming out of a waterfall. Water. Water. Stop the recording. We spent one hour pouring, drinking, and all different ways to demonstrate water. And every time the leader said a word, and every word said was a different word. Frustrating. Don't get too frustrated. That's how mistakes are made. You're going to make permanent camp at your current location? Well, we're going to stay here until we learn the language. It's the perfect place to stay. We're isolated from the big village some couple hundred miles away, and if we can't get through to them, we just disappear. You know, Anne, we're supposed to try to set up treaty rights for colonization. Remember, my report is just as important as yours. The Pro-Alien League is pretty big right now but we can table that until we see some outcome of our attempt at setting up relations. You'll want more huts. You'll want a water tank and a pipeline to that stream below you, and a pump. What do you think, a month? What do you think, Lillian? Enough time to learn their language? Poodly doodly oodly foodle. All we know is that none of the standard procedures work at all. Toss the book. We do off the cuff from here. 
Suppose we make another landing back in the mountains, say, two or three hundred miles south of you. It's not right to keep the rest of the contingent aboard 200 miles off planet, and you won't be wanting liberty parties coming down where you are. Not a bunch of Navy personnel who have been in space for too many hours, no. The country over there looks uninhabited. No villages, anyhow. That won't hurt. And our xenobotanists can study the undisturbed flora. Luis, do you anticipate any trouble with this crowd here? No. This bunch may not talk to us, but they aren't fighting us either. Their village looks fortified. I don't think so. There is a mound around it, yes, but I can't see a defensive purpose to it. Well, that's it for today. Well, two more prefab living huts going up. Yes, there are. Has Carl picked a name for the planet yet? Savantovit, principal god of the Baltic Slavs. About 3,000 years ago, according to the Encyclopedia of Mythology, Savantovit was represented as holding a bow in one hand and a horn in the other. Well, that fits. What will we call these natives? Santivisians or Santivese? Well, Carl wanted to call them Santivese, but Luis persuaded them to call him Svats. That's what people will shorten it to anyway. We can call the language Santivese. After dinner, Lillian is going to start playing back recordings and running off audio visuals. It will be nice that I have a name for what I'm studying. It's a shame we can't know what they call themselves. Well, it's time for dinner. What do you think we should give to the Svants? Well, it can't be anything too far advanced. Maybe the wheel? Yes, definitely the wheel. It's funny that the Svants don't have the wheel, but then again, neither do we. Since the discovery of contragravity centuries ago, most people only see the wheel in historical SV plays. When we give them the wheel, it must be something they can make themselves. I was going to give them a nice manufactured wheel with spokes and rubber tires. That's a mistake. Like the knives were a mistake. Giving them tools or technology above their ability to make only sets up an inferiority potential. Nonsense. We're just giving them a leg up. To dependency. We'll do it my way, for now. Now let's go turn in. That was a fantastic lunch. Maybe it will power my brain after being up all night trying to make sense of the Svant language. What's the problem? We have about a hundred word-like sounds isolated, and twenty or so are used repeatedly, but we can't assign a meaning to any of them and none of the Svants ever reacted the same way twice to anything we said to them. There's just no one-to-one relationship anywhere. They have to have a language. No sapient thought is possible without verbalization. Well, no society is possible without some means of communication. You know, I'm beginning to wonder if it mightn't be telepathy. <laughs> you know, telepathy has never been proven, Carl. Stick to what you know, sociology. I know. A telepathic race is a gimmick that's been used in New Planet Adventure stories for centuries, but it doesn't mean they couldn't exist. It doesn't make sense anyway, Carl. If they're telepaths, why don't they understand us? Why do they talk at all? And you can't convince me that this boodly-oodly-doodle of theirs isn't talking. These people act as though they got some meaning from us. Not the meaning we intend, but some meaning. Like what? Who knows? I've watched Paul explain that steel knives were dangerously sharp. They got the demonstration, but when he tried to tie words onto it, 
It threw them completely. All right. They get what we mean somehow, and it could be telepathy, but but then why do they use spoken words? Say they communicated by speech originally, and they developed their telepathic faculties slowly and without realizing it. They'd go on using speech, and since the message would be received telepathically ahead of the spoken message, nobody would pay any attention to the words as such. I'm not convinced. Lunch time is over. I'm going back to work. Fawunk! He's pointing at himself. Wunkle! Now he's pointing at me. They got it. They got it. Say it back to him. Okay. Fawunk! 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 He's puzzled. Maybe you didn't say it right. Try again. Fawunk! He's still puzzled. Damn! I was sure it was right. Get the goods ready to hand out. I'm going over to look around. Major, you are in charge. What's going on, Major? These two people were getting cut out of line as we handed out the tools. Social precedents. This fault may have been exercising their rights according to local customs. Local customs be damned. This is a Terran Federation handout. We make the rules, and one of them is no pushing people out of line. Teach the buggers that now, and we won't have to work so hard at it later. Thus speaks the military mind. Paul, you can't run roughshod over their customs. The Federation has their customs Major, too. I will figure out how to distribute the trade goods equitably. And no shooting without cause. We won't. We're not trigger-happy morons. It's nice to have a good cup of coffee. Paul, you've got to keep control of the military. I will. But Major Gofredo is trained to react as an officer in the Federation. Oh, I have great respect for the Major. But this is a civilian-controlled expedition. He's got us out of some nasty situations. Well, these are sapient people. The fuzzy rule stands. That means we treat them like people. I know. I wouldn't have it any other way. Paul, this is Carl. You have to come outside quickly. There's someone here from the village. Coming right away. Hello, Luis. Carl called me out from the lander. What's happening? Two Sphinx crossed the perimeter. Those are the two that were pushed out of the front of the line. You sure? Yes, they've been beaten up. The rest of the gang beat them up and robbed them of the goods we gave them. So you did. According to their own customs, they had no right to go ahead of those others. And now you've gotten them punished for it. Look, this is your show, Paul. How you run it is your job. But in your place... I'd take the pair back to the village and have them point out who beat them up and teach the whole gang of them a lesson. Calm down, Luis. You'll burst a blood vessel. I am calm! If we were going to colonize this planet, you're going to have to establish Federation law. And Federation law says you can't gang up on people and beat them and rob them. Later, Luis. After we've gotten a treaty with somebody. I saw all the commotion. What's going on? The people from the village, they're gesturing. They want to stay. They're communicating with us. Now they are gesturing they want to work for us. He's pantomiming working with an axe, and she's showing us cleaning up. Punitive action's unadvisable, but we will show our attitude by taking them in. You tell them, Louise. These people seem to like your voice. You. Stay. With us, you stay this place. 
You've made them happy. Let's take them to the camp where we can take care of them. Here are the tools from the ship, manufactured over the last couple of days. These tools are worthless. What do you mean? They're all pre-manufactured, higher-tech tools that savants couldn't build for a thousand years. It's useless to show them that these could possibly be built by them. Oh, I see. You know, I truly hadn't thought of that in context. Even after you said something before, these are manufactured to Federation specs. I know. It would be difficult to make hose with wooden handles, but... They could have tried. Hmm, I know. But that's what's needed. Hey, look, Sonny and Mother are coming over here. I wish we knew their names. Hi, Sonny. What? Oh, uh, they are gesturing again that they want to go to work. They don't want to be a burden to us. Have you noticed how she seems to react to your voice and he doesn't? Interesting point. Now he is pantomiming using the wheelbarrow. Hmm, take it easy, Sonny. We'll find something for you to do. Hi, glad you've come to the lab. Lillian, you have Sonny made out to be the village halfwit, but you're wrong. What do you mean? Carl thinks so too. I just spent some time doing drawings with Sonny. He's gotten concepts that other Svants don't seem to get. His communication skills are brilliant. So you think he's the village genius? Yeah, that's why the others shun him. He thinks outside the box. When I took things apart, he seemed to understand how geared technology worked. Are you sure that Mom isn't a genius, too? Sometimes it runs in families. Not in the way we mean, but she understands sign language better than the others. That could be significant. So you see, we'll have to cut a ditch through several fields to run the water pipe from the lake to the pump. Might cause an uproar among the villagers. We need it to have running water for the site we're setting up. Showers, running water for drinking and such. Yeah, a shower would be nice. Well? After we do the trade for the cattle. Gotcha. Well, that went better than I thought it would. And they treated Sonny as a big man on campus with his shiny axe and working clothes. Ah, must be some of our magic rubbing off. He sure seems happy. What are you going to do with this cow? You mean domesticated type C ruminant. Major, have your men go to work. Okay. Gentry, do it. You're not going to... That was really stupid. They're taking this really hard, Paul. Paul! Look at that. Just look at that, Anne. Sonny is stone deaf. I hope you're not planning on using Gofredo's troops. Only if they start a riot. After watching the Dom C get killed with a bullet, they know the guns don't just make noise. Okay, line up. Get your stuff. Don't trust them. They really like the Major's voice. Okay, hand out the presents. You're giving out tarps, knickknacks, and rum. Are we creating drunken natives? And we have a job to do. Sure. I do like the forge that you gave to Sonny. He has to build it himself. He'll learn all about the principle of making iron products. I'll have the troopers go get some wood and turn it into charcoal. <sighs> Sometimes you seem to get the idea and then you don't. They have to learn, not have it done for them. Moving forward is the priority. Keeping the natives happy will let us do that. 
so you say. Everybody got their cocktails? Good. Lillian, any more progress on language interpretation? Well, pathology has a better understanding of native physiology with the dissection of the Dom C. What the hell is a Dom C? Dom C, domesticated type C ruminant, Dom C. Oh, good lord. Lillian, continue. Well, pathology shows that nerves lead from their bodies to a complex nerve cable at the bottom of the comb and into the brain at the base of the skull. I couldn't understand how the system functioned before, but now I see it. Each of the larger membranes on the comb responds to a sound frequency band, and the small ones on the inside break the bands down to individual frequencies. Very much like the frequency breakdown of the sound printout you showed me earlier. Exactly. If only our frequency analyzer was as sensitive. Sapients are sometimes better than technology. So what does this actually mean? Their words are tonal, like ancient Chinese. One person's fwunk is different from another person's fwunk. Uh, so much for telepathy. Captain, what's happening with engineering? Well, the pipeline is completed. Next, we'll have it connected to the pump house. Hot showers really soon. Very good. Keep up the good work. Morning, Paul. I understand that they have the pump going. Yep. Hot showers tonight. Uh, Major, uh, Gofredo here. Paul, you have to come out here. Something's happened. Right, Major. Paul out. He sounded nervous. That's unusual. Let's go see. What are the Svants doing? They've been staring at the pump since it turned on. They look hypnotized or maybe drugged. Turn it off. Hmm. That's what my voice sounds like to them. A water pump? Forget about that. Turn it off, Paul. I'm going to be known as old Pump Mouth through all of the service? Even when I'm a four-star general, if I live that long. Okay, and we'll turn it off. Major, please go get that pump turned off. Yes, Paul. Turn the machine off! Looks like we've done it again. It's an addiction. Once they hear it, they have no will to resist. They just squat and listen. I don't know what it's doing to them, but I'm concerned. You may think I don't care, but I'm concerned too. It'll keep them from their work in the fields. It may cause them to lose a crop they need badly for subsistence. Well, it's off for now. Hello, Dale. Well, I've turned off the pump. Now what? Can you soundproof the pump? Sure. I can cover it with dirt. Good. That should take care of it. For now, look at the Svants. They're walking around dazed and disoriented. We can talk about it at tonight's cocktail meeting. What's new? We've cracked the biology of the Svants hearing. They don't hear, they feel. Feel? What do you mean? Charlie went out hunting and killed a local wild animal. When we did the autopsy, we found that he hadn't hit it. It died because through intense contraction of the muscles, every single bone was broken. The sound of the gun had killed it. What kind of gun? A shotgun. Each animal on this planet has sound receptors that lead to nerves that contract and expand to drum on the tissue in the specialized receptors in the comb, which then sends nerve signals to the brain. Then the sound of the cannon wasn't a weapon of war, but a weapon of peace. 
When they get into arguments, they must feel each other's anger, which makes them sick. When one of the savants gets physically ill, the rest must feel their symptoms. We're never going to communicate with them. They don't. They can't think like us. That's why Sonny can communicate with us. He's deaf, which is why I think you're wrong, Anne. We can communicate. It will just be rudimentary. Major, you have to come quickly. We have another crisis. They're milling around the pump area, and even more are coming. There's the village leader, and he looks really upset. What's wrong? Why are they all here? Really, Paul? They've been told that there's a place they can find happiness. You mean like paradise? This happens every time we colonize an inhabited planet. We give the natives something new, then we find out it's bad for them, so we try to take it away from them, then the knives come out and the shooting starts. Find out what the village leader wants. They like your voice. What? Oh, he's pointing at the pump. It looks like he's upset over it. Of course he is. All of the villagers have left to listen. No crops, no work. The leader is trying to shake it off, but he's wandering off towards the pump. Luis, go have it turned off. I don't want it turned on again until the soundproofing is complete. We should call off the colonization, you know. Well, we won't, and you know it. True, very true. I guess I might as well go back to work and minimize the damage as much as possible. Don't be such a pessimist. We'll make this work. Do you think Mr. Millard will make a good governor? Of course. He's the perfect Federation civil servant. How do you mean? He will do the best he can for the natives, but his top priority will be the Terran Federation. Then the day will come when we'll have to choose between the Federation and the natives. He'll choose the Terran Federation. The natives will be steamrolled. The end. Sounds like a good appointment. Now that we have that over with, I'd like to give you your next assignment. Well, I certainly didn't expect you to listen. But I did have a faint hope. Here's my resignation from the Foreign Service. Your what? I can't do it anymore. I'm joining the Pro-Alien League. <clears throat> I don't suppose you've read much history. What does that have to do with this outrage? I didn't think so. Of course, neither had I until recently. Just a suggestion, read up on the British Empire, 200 years or so pre-atomic. The Terran Federation has much to answer for. I'll be going now. Well, I wouldn't want to keep on someone who isn't in tune with our mission. Do you know what they called the hearing biology of the savants? No, what? Well, you probably will not appreciate the imperialistic irony. Non-auditory sonic sense. Just call it Nodsense. This has been Nodsense, written by H. Beam Piper, adapted for radio by Joseph McGuire. In the cast was Joe Coles as Anna Dijon, Reed Thompson as Paul Millard, Inocencio Valderrama as Major Luis Gofredo, Joanna Bruno as Lillian Ransby, John Monk as Carl Dorver, Claudia Cimini as the engineer, Les Browning as Administrator Jacobs, and Dave Johnson as Captain Vindahoo. I'm your announcer, Ann Bodel Nash. Future Past Theme by Jason Shaw at Audionautics.com. Production Assistant Dave Johnson. Dialogue Editing and Sound Design, Jay Charles. Recording Engineer, Juan Aragin. Recording Technician, Carla Ayala. Directed by Bobby Wiley. 
Produced by Joseph C. McGuire. Recorded at KSVR Studios in Mount Vernon, Washington. This is a Radio Theater Project presentation. This program is supported with a grant from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting.